0: Good afternoon. This is Christy from the Yacking County Public Library. For this week's podcast episode, we're going to be delving into Thanksgiving. Now, for me and my family, we do a lot of cooking in general, um, especially in the fall. We do a lot of cooking—soups and stews and casseroles—and there are some family favorites that we use for like get-togethers and um, maybe if we're doing tailgating for a football game, we have a kind of a go-to group of recipes that we like to make in the fall. Um, But also we're going to talk about Thanksgiving and with the holiday getting ready to come up soon, this is a good time to talk about the first Thanksgiving, the controversy over when Thanksgiving actually began. Uh, We're going to talk about some shifts in Thanksgiving traditions, and then we'll move into some harvest celebrations around the world, what other Um, cultures their customs and traditions are for harvest festival and then safety and preparation tips for thanksgiving and then a little bit on some traditional and non-traditional dishes to serve for thanksgiving so we've got a lot to cover in this episode if you guys uh, don't know me um, i love to cook i love to entertain I love uh, to make dishes and provide a meal for a family member, a friend, a neighbor, uh, someone that's sick or you know, just had surgery or um, a tailgating or um, a family reunion, anything like that. I really enjoy taking time reading the cookbook, um, finding new recipes, trying out Uh, recipes, cooking some of my family's favorite recipes, um, and then having family dinners. So this is really kind of the heart of who I am as a person. I love to do these kinds of things. Um, I think there's a lot of enjoyment you can receive by giving to others. So this is a perfect time to talk about it during Thanksgiving. So let's jump right on in. So we're going to start out talking a little bit about Thanksgiving first, and then we'll jump into some of the fall cooking, and I'll share some of my family's favorite recipes and then some that are in cookbooks that you can check out right from your library system. So we go all the way back to the very first Thanksgiving. Um, There's a lot of controversy over when the first Thanksgiving is, so we will start with that premise. But according to most records and most research that you do, most people recognize or acknowledge the first Thanksgiving celebration in the United States took place in 1621 when the Plymouth colonists and the Wampanoag Native Americans shared an autumn harvest festival together. This quote-unquote first Thanksgiving lasted for about three days, and it was organized by Governor William Bradford. And this was as a celebratory feast after the Pilgrim's first successful corn harvest. After the Pilgrim's second Thanksgiving celebration in 1623, days of Thanksgiving or on an annual or occasional basis became a common practice among other New England settlements as well. During the American Revolution, the Continental Congress designated one or more days of Thanksgiving a year, And finally, in 1789, George Washington issued the first Thanksgiving proclamation by the National Government of the United States. In 1817, New York became the first of several states to officially adopt a Thanksgiving Day annually. And in 1827, writer and magazine editor Sarah Hale Launched a campaign to establish Thanksgiving as a national holiday. And for about 35, 36 years, she published numerous articles, um, editorials, wrote letters to local governors, senators, presidents, and other politicians advocating for it um, to be a, a national holiday. And this was in an effort to promote unity. This earned her the nickname of the Mother of Thanksgiving. Finally, in 1863, in the midst of the Civil War, President Lincoln finally heeded her request and proclaimed a national Thanksgiving. It was to be held each November, and he requested that all Americans ask God to, quote, commend to his tender care all those that have become widows, orphans, mourners, or suffer, sufferers in the lamentable civil strife, and heal the wounds of the nation. It was at this time that Thanksgiving was scheduled for the fourth or final Thursday in November. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of controversy surrounded, surrounding when the first official Thanksgiving was. And a lot of scholars um, really debate this, on whether the feast at Plymouth really constituted the first Thanksgiving in the United States. A lot of historians have recorded other ceremonies of thanks among European settlers that predate the pilgrims' celebration. For example, in 1565, the Spanish explorer Pedro Menendez de Avila invited members of the local Timucua tribe to a dinner in St. Augustine, Florida, after holding a mass to thank God for his crew's safe arrival. Um, also on December 4, 1619, when 38 British settlers reached a site known as Berkeley Hundred on the banks of Virginia's James River, They read a proclamation designating the date as a day of thanksgiving to Almighty God. Some Native Americans and many others take issue with how the Thanksgiving story is presented to the American public. In their view, the traditional narrative paints a deceptively sunny portrait of the relations between the pilgrims and the Wampanoag people masking the long and bloody history of conflict between Native Americans and European settlers that resulted in the death of tens of thousands of Native Americans. For them, the holiday is a reminder of betrayal and bloodshed. Since 1970, protesters have continued to gather on this day designated as Thanksgiving at the top of Coles Hill, which overlooks Plymouth Rock, to commemorate a national day of mourning. Similar events are also held in other parts of the country as well. Now, you can do your research and decipher yourself what you think is the first Thanksgiving. But this is just some general information to kind of keep in mind um, on when the first Thanksgiving began and what the debate is there. Um, Thanksgiving traditions have changed over the years. Uh, from when the first Thanksgiving began, of course. As the country has become more urban and family members begin to live further apart from each other, Thanksgiving began to transition away from its religious roots to allow immigrants of every background to participate in a common tradition, and it became more of a holiday for families to gather and spend time together. In the late 1800s, other traditions became a part of this holiday as well, such as football games and parades. Today, friends, today Thanksgiving is a holiday known for giving thanks for the things we have, such as family, friends, health, food, life, and the many blessings that have been bestowed upon us. Other popular activities that have become a tradition during this holiday are travel to visit family and friends or going on vacation to a destination spot, foot races, food drives, volunteer and community work, such as turkey giveaways, or feeding the homeless. Common foods that are eaten during the holiday include turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce, and pumpkin pie. Now, of course, this can deviate depending upon the culture, but this is common foods that most Americans were eating for Thanksgiving. Um, This is definitely a far stretch from the original Pilgrim tradition, which was lobster, seals, and swans. Other items included in this first feast were deer, most likely made into stew, an offering by the Wampanoag guests, as well as onions, beans, lettuce, spinach, cabbage, carrots, and peas, the vegetables they had reaped with the help of the Native American neighbors. Now, we're not the only ones here in the United States that have a tradition of giving thanks or a Thanksgiving. There are a lot of harvest celebrations that occur all around the world. Lots of different um, cultures celebrate customs and traditions for their country during a harvest celebration. These festivals have been in existence and part of the customs and traditions of locals for thousands of years. In India, Pongal is held in January and Onam is in August or September. During Pongal, women design and make elaborate flower pictures for the courtyards of their homes, and during Onam, performers paint themselves to look like tigers and act out a tiger hunt. In Papua New Guinea's A banning fire dancer celebrates the beginning of the harvest wearing a mask of bark, bamboo, and leaves. In Poland, they display the bounty of the harvest before totem poles. One of the oldest celebrations in the world, the Chinese Moon Festival, marks the end of a successful harvest. During this three-day festival, roasted pigs and harvested fruits are served and moon cakes are enjoyed and the people give thanks to the moon for its part in providing a beautiful crop, a plentiful crop. Chesuak Korea's Harvest Festival is celebrated in August and gives thanks for a good harvest and acts as a day to honor their ancestors. The Germans celebrate a successful harvest with Erntendankfest that includes church services, parades with bands and floats and a display of harvest grains and fruits. Jewish people celebrate Sukkoth every autumn with families building a small hut made of tree branches and covered with leaves that has apples, grapes, corn, and other vegetables hung inside, housing their dinners during the first two nights of this eight-day festival. So as you can see, there are a lot of different types of traditions around the world. Um, That are all tied in with giving thanks and thank um, harvest, the end of a harvest season. Uh, Some of the safety and preparation tips you may want to keep in mind if you're new at cooking or just new at hosting the Thanksgiving festivities for this year. There's a few things, a few tips to keep in mind when planning and preparing your feast. Be prepared. I know this seems a little oversimplified, but it's very true. Um, Be sure to gather all the ingredients, necessary appliances, and tools you will need for preparing your dishes. Gather your recipes. And if it's a new recipe that you want to make, try to make it ahead of time so you can work through any kinks in the recipe. Or just allow yourself some extra prep time and be familiar with all the techniques and ingredients you will be using to create it if possible prepare some of your recipes the day or night before prep fruits vegetables and meats that need extra time for peeling cutting chopping brining or marinating this is something that i usually do the day before a holiday i will go ahead and get some of my my stuff prepped and if it's something that i can make ahead of time and maybe cook the day of or just reheat then I'll do that as well to save myself some time. Be organized and have a timeline for cooking and preparing dishes so you're assured everything will be ready when you and your guests are ready for dinner. Now, I plan on using a new recipe for my turkey this year, and I'm going to um, use a brine on my turkey. So I know I need to have that turkey out for about five days to unthaw in the fridge completely. Because I need my bird completely unthawed. And I'm going to need somewhere between 24 to 36 hours to brine that turkey. Um, Probably, and then about 12 hours to 24 hours that I'm going to need to have that turkey just rest in the fridge uncovered. So I need to make sure that I'm prepared. And I have allotted that time ahead of time to get all of that done to be prepared for the day of Thanksgiving for my cooking. So those are things to keep in mind when you're planning out a meal, especially if you're going to be hosting it at your house. Um, when it comes to safety, there's a few tips you want to keep in mind there just to make sure that both your cooking experience is fun and safe. Um, always wash your hands before and after handling food. This is extremely important if you're handling raw meats, poultry, eggs, that kind of thing. Um, this will help prevent anyone from getting sick since salmonella lives on these uncooked foods. Keep a good stock of pot holders and trivets on hand for handling and placing pots, pans, and casserole dishes from the stovetop, oven, or the microwave. Believe me, you would be surprised at how many you go through when you're cooking a lot of different dishes. Um, be sure to set pots, pans, and knives with our handles away from the counter edge or stove edge. This is extremely important Um, if you're rushing around or you've got several people in the kitchen or you're just trying to get multiple things done at the same time. It can be very easy to catch maybe the corner of your apron, the corner of your, the edge of your sleeve on the edge of a pot or pan or maybe a knife that you have laying and to pull it off or tip it over. So this is going to kind of help you avoid those accidents but also any young children that might be in the home um, that might reach up to grab hold of something and can pull that down on themselves and burn or cut themselves so those are just some things to keep in mind make sure that you wash all your fruits and vegetables to ensure that you have removed all the dirt and chemicals use a cutting board to chop fruits and vegetables and always cut away from yourself to avoid any accidents with cuts Um, To prevent the spread of bacteria, wash your cutting boards and knives thoroughly after cutting meat, fish, or poultry, especially when they're raw, and before using the same tools to prepare other foods such as vegetables and cheese. To avoid grease fires, don't overheat your grease or oil. I know some of you will be deep frying turkeys, and there's always a lot of accidents every year where people are deep frying turkeys and they cause a fire or they get burned. So just make sure you don't overheat that oil or grease. Never put any metal dishes or utensils in the microwave and only use microwave safe dishes. Keep your hands away from moving parts of appliances such as mixers, mandolins, food processors, and blenders. And also make sure you unplug any of these appliances before assembling for use disassembling after use now as far as traditional dishes go there's a wonderful supply of books at your library that go into detail on thanksgiving from anything from traditional to non-traditional dishes my family likes to do a mix of some traditional and some non-traditional and so there's really not um, just one go-to cookbook for that. I like to look at a, a multitude of cookbooks and pull recipes, but you want it to be something that one you're going to normally be buying those ingredients unless you're trying a new recipe and you want to splurge and buy maybe something you don't normally keep in your in your you know grocery order in your pantry that kind of thing. Make sure you're familiar with the ingredients that are listed in that recipe. Um, But non-traditional recipes are uh, a fun way to try something new, to incorporate a new dish. Um, We've done that over the years and wound up loving them. And so a lot of those now have become our traditional recipes to have during the holiday because we just love them so much. So... Be Don't be afraid to try something new and to venture out and try a non-traditional um, recipe for your holiday. You never know, your guests or family or friends m- might really love it. So a few books I wanted to mention is Thanksgiving by Sam Sifton, How to Cook It Well. This goes into um, the turkeys in detail on many different ways to season it, Marinate it, cook it. Um, it even has some on uh the different types of turkeys in there. It has some recipes to try. Um, so this is a, a really cool book. It's broken down. It has a chapter on side dishes, a chapter on gravy and cranberry sauce, one on setting the table, serving the food, and some etiquette, etiquette questions, uh, drinks, desserts, and then the cleanup and leftovers. Another one that I found very useful was the Friendsgiving handbook. Now, my family are, uh, my family is a military family. My husband and I are both veterans. So we've spent many holidays, not just Thanksgiving, um, but other holidays where we've not been near our family. And so the Friendsgiving is, handbook is a very useful book because this is something that we've done a lot over the years throughout our adult life. Um, this is a great book to, you know, if you're getting together with friends, whether it's college students, um, that are going to do Thanksgiving together, whether you're, you know, living somewhere away from your family, this is a great one that just kind of walks you through recipes to have, um, in a situation where you're doing a Friendsgiving but it, it, it has a section on sides, a section on the turkey, um, a section on pies, and gives some really interesting information um, on uh, Friendsgivings. Um, another one that I really, really loved is by William Sonoma, The Best of Thanksgiving. And these are recipes and inspiration for a festive holiday meal. This one had quite a lot of recipes in it. Um, not so much any of the other stuff that some of the other ones did, but it's definitely got a mix of um, non-traditional recipes. So it's a great go-to one if you're looking for a new side to add to your Thanksgiving meal. Um, there's another William sonoma Kitchen Library book called Thanksgiving Festive Recipes for the Holiday Table. And this one has everything from starters Two main courses, stuffing and side dishes, and breads and desserts. And then there were a few other that weren't necessarily Thanksgiving cookbooks, but they had a lot of great recipes for throughout the year. And some did focus on like fall or autumn recipes. Um, one is called Celebrating Family and Friends, Miss K who is the star of Duck Dynasty, recipes for every month of the year. So it's broken down by the time of year. So there's a section in here for recipes for a special day of thanks. So there's a whole lot of different recipes for that. But it also has recipes throughout the rest of the year that you would be cooking or making for any um, month of the year. Festive Feast was one that I really enjoyed. Meals and Memories from Halloween to Christmas by Jenny Potter Scott. This one had a section on entrees fit for the pilgrims. That was very interesting and a chapter on Thanksgiving leftovers. So some great recipes to try with your leftovers from Thanksgiving. Um, How to Celebrate Everything by Jenny Rosenstrock. Was a great book that went into recipes and rituals for birthdays, holidays, family dinners, and every day in between. And the last two that I have that I'd like to mention are The Healthy Home Cookbook. This is for any of your family or friends that are maybe diabetic. It has diabetes friendly recipes for holidays, parties, and everyday celebration. And this is by Barbara Sealing Brown. And it had a chapter that was on Thanksgiving um, specifically, but it has everything in it from brunch to casual entertaining, dinner parties, um, hors d'oeuvres, meatless meals, um, desserts, and dinner parties. And the last one is Set for the Holidays with Anna Olson, Recipes to Bring Comfort and Joy. There's a whole section that has a traditional Thanksgiving menu, um, but it has things for throughout the year, menus, and uh, recipes and meals for the holidays and almost every other day. So they do everything from an elegant evening, a main event, a festive brunch, Entertaining for a crowd, holiday cooking basics, and then baking for the holidays. So there's two main sections, menus and meals for the holidays, and baking for the holidays. Those are the ones, some of the ones that I found that were, um, had some really great recipes and had a mix of traditional and non-traditional, and things that you could cook throughout the year, but also for specifically for holidays as well. Now, as I mentioned earlier, um there were a few books that I uh, I did use for my research on Thanksgiving, and these are actually children's books. Um, there's Thanksgiving, American Regional Cooking Library, Culture, Tradition, and History. It's done by the Culinary Institute of America. That was a really good book that had some history of Thanksgiving, traditions of Thanksgiving, and then went into some recipes. Um, There's also the story of our holidays, Thanksgiving by Joanna Ponto, that had some interesting um, information on the giving thanks, Thanksgiving's origins, and then it gives some crafts and holiday recipes as well. Um, And then another one, Celebrate With Me Thanksgiving This is a bilingual edition, so it has English and Spanish, and it's by Bonnie Henman, and this was a really cute little book for kids that talks about the customs and traditions in other countries with their harvest festivals, and it really told you a lot about how they celebrate in their country um, the end of the harvest season. And then lastly, um, A Year Full of Celebrations and Festivals by Christopher Kaur. This is a really cool book. If you have a school-age child, it goes into all kinds of festivals and holidays in in, um, the United States and in other countries. And it's throughout the year. So this was a really great one that covered a lot of information on uh, many different places. So if you want to, you know, have a little bit of education with your child or your grandchild, that's a great one to kind of break out and go through celebrations and festivals throughout the countries. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I do enjoy cooking and my family does uh, a lot of cooking. There are a few go-to recipes that my family traditionally will make. Um, We tend to get together for family reunions, for football games for Sunday Sunday family dinner. Um, And there are a couple of things that with the cooler weather coming in the fall that um, we get together with either my family or my husband's family. Um, A lot of people in this area usually will do chicken stews in the fall. And then um, my husband's family, they do Brunswick stew. So that's a very common uh, thing that we're making every year. I have kind of kind of used this recipe off and on over the years and I've tweaked it a little bit. So usually I will uh, make these recipes each year and I'll make in large batches and cool them and then put them in um, freezable containers and then I share them with my friends and family, my neighbors. Um, if there's someone that I know that, you know, has had surgery recently, is recovering or is at home sick, I like to take a gift over to them so they have a meal and they don't have to worry about cooking or cleaning or anything like that. They have something prepared already for them. So some of the things that my family um, love are, um, and our go-to recipes is taco soup. This is a great one. It makes a large batch. It's great for freezing. It's great for sharing. Um, a friend gave this to me years ago that she had gotten, I believe, from the newspaper or from a magazine, and I've just continued to make it. It's a family favorite. Um, it works really well if you want to do this and do like a grilled sandwich on the side, so that's a really great one to have too. pot potato soup is another one that's a big family favorite at my house. Um, it also freezes really well, makes a great gift to give to others. As I mentioned earlier, the Brunswick stew with my husband's side of the family, and then um, if we're having football games going on, either at the house or we're tailgating for a game, we like to make uh, a friend of the family who's a a retired Marine as well, he's a veteran, is Mark's New England clam chowder. We will make that, and then we have a really good friend, Um, we've nicknamed Mama Jan, and she makes a great jalapeno cornbread that we will pair that with, and then these all make great recipes to share with a large crowd, and just enjoy a meal together. In addition to some of my family's go-to family favorites, there are other recipes that I have found in cookbooks that you can check out directly from the library. Uh, some of these are, are cookbooks that we have on our shelf, and some are ones that I've uh, placed hold and placed holds on and borrowed from other libraries across. Uh, the state, but they're all part of NC Cardinal, Um, so they're readily available to place a hold and check out. Um, One of the ones that my family has really enjoyed, it's a quick go-to meal, is Sloppy Joe's. Most kids love Sloppy Joe's. This is a recipe to make a homemade batch of Sloppy Joe. My family, we use ground turkey because we just don't eat a lot of red meat, um, so this is a great recipe for that. It's in a book called Teens Cook, How to Cook What You Want to Eat by Megan and Jill Carl. This is a great book sitting right on our shelf. I've used many recipes out of this book, but the Sloppy Joe one is just a great one for the fall. It's something warm. You can pair it with, you know, a side, a potato salad, chips, fries, um, anything that's a quick, easy meal to make. And it's hearty. Um, I've even used this sloppy joe recipe and made a sloppy joe pizza with it. So it's very versatile, easy to make, doesn't take a lot of ingredients, and it's very easy to double if you need to make a larger batch for a bigger crowd. Now for those that don't know me, I've recently became, um, recently, probably about three months ago, stopped eating dairy. So I've had to find a lot of substitutions of vegan or dairy-free products that I could eat, and I've had to make those substitutions in my recipes. So I've been on the hunt for a lot of cookbooks that are either um, dairy-free recipes, they're vegan recipes, um, a lot of these are also um, gluten-free as well. Um, And one of the ones that I found that I really have enjoyed using and I've made several things from is called Cooking for Isaiah, gluten-free and dairy-free recipes for easy, delicious meals. Now, this has a wonderful recipe for some pumpkin muffins. It has a crumble topping that goes on the top, but it makes a wonderful, moist pumpkin muffin that is completely dairy-free and you can't tell that it does not have dairy in it what i have found from my research and just trial and error is there are some great products out there that you really can't even tell that they are dairy free and it doesn't make a difference in your recipe i've tried these with my family my husband can't tell a difference that it isn't a dairy product in it so they're they're tried and true um Another cookbook that I found some really great recipes in is the Gooseberry Patch Fall Family Recipes Cookbook. As I said before, we do a lot of watching football games. We used to go to a lot of games in tailgate. Um, We would go to college games at Appalachian State, and we would go to uh, professional football games at um, the Carolina Panthers um so we would make a, a lot of dishes and we would theme our dinners sometimes and we would do tailgating uh before the game and have a meal with friends. And a great recipe in this cookbook is a game day guacamole. This is a great go to that you can share um, and make up very quickly and feeds a good amount of people. um The other cookbook that I really, really love is The Magnolia Table um, with Joanna Gaines. She has a volume one and a volume two. Um, I believe we have both in the system. I personally own both copies as well. And there's lots of great recipes in both of these. I have used so many of them. I couldn't even tell you how many. Um, But there's a wonderful zucchini bread. It's great for the fall. It's good for a snack. It's good as a dessert. It's great to have a coffee in the morning for breakfast or a mid-morning snack. It's a good go-to recipe that kids will love as well as adults. Um, there's a very small spiral cookbook called the Jackson County Fall and Winter Recipe Swap Cookbook. Believe me, if you check ever place this on hold and, and check it out, you're going to think, well, there's really not much to it. Because it's only maybe about 16 or 18 pages long. But it has a really wonderful golden butternut squash soup recipe in it. That's a great one to try. Especially if you're a big one on soups and stews. My family loves soup and stews. So those work out really well. Um, casseroles are really great. At my A great go-to as well. And it has a very good vegetarian shepherd's pie. Now you could always substitute or tweak it a little bit and you can add the meat, but I found there's some of the vegetarian recipes that I I make. My family loves just as well as the ones with meat. So that recipe is in there as well. Um, And then flavorful seasons cookbook by Robin Webb. This has great tasting recipes for winter, spring, summer, and fall. It has a really wonderful fresh apple crisp in the back that makes a great dessert um, I know when I was growing up and going to school, I remember them making something very similar to this in the cafeteria that I loved. Now, they called it Apple Betty, but this one is called Fresh Apple Crisp. You've probably seen this a lot of different places and probably most school systems that kids grew up in and went to school had some version of this, especially here in the south. Um, there's another recipe in that same cookbook that is the apple cinnamon cobbler which is a a a traditional cobbler that you can make for the holidays and then lastly is the cookbook sunday soup a year's worth of mouth-watering easy to make recipes this was a really cool cookbook for some soup ideas um, but it also had a really wonderful recipe that'd be great for after thanksgiving to use some of your leftovers And it had a recipe for a turkey panini with white cheddar and cranberry chutney. That was easy to make. Even if you don't own a panini maker, you can grill it into your your panini in your pan on top of the stove. It works out wonderfully like that. It works really great with a sourdough bread. But any kind of rustic um, bread will work that has like a really good crust. This is a good recipe to try after the holiday, when you've got that leftover turkey and cranberry sauce that you're looking for something to do with it. So I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode, that you've, um, maybe gotten some wonderful ideas on to branch out and try something new to make for your Thanksgiving holiday meal. Um, and, um, That you might look for some of these cookbooks or others that are available. There's a wealth of cookbooks available throughout the library system uh, through NC Cardinal that you can check out, place holds on, and find all kinds of inspiration for your Thanksgiving cooking and your fall cooking.